0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Millionaire Muslim by IFG, where we speak to leading experts, entrepreneurs, and professionals about all things pertaining to the Muslim community. I'm your host, Khidr Muhammad, community leader at IFG, and with me today is a very special guest, a dear brother, and a well respected academic in the field of Islamic psychology. Today, we'll be speaking to Dr. Abdullah Rothman. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Wa alaykum salam It's good to be here. Great. For those of you not familiar with Dr. Rothman, he is a professor of Islamic psychology and principal at Cambridge Muslim College, UK, and is the executive director of the International Association of Islamic Psychology, US. Wow. A lot of exciting stuff there to unpack. So why don't we start, Dr. Rothman, by maybe you giving us a, a brief intro to yourself and your journey? Okay, I have to do the brief
1: version because uh, that can be a long, a long story. But my journey to where I am now at Cambridge Muslim College is really through the door of psychology. So my background is in psychology But even when I started out in pursuing this field of psychology, my orientation to it was very much about understanding it as a way to understand the development of the human being and the maximizing of human potential and sort of looking at what that word actually means, the study of the soul, rather than the study of the mind or behavior as it's often assumed that psychology is. And so that sort of already positioned me to be within the realm of spirituality for sure, but also I was looking to, to theology and traditions to understand sort of a, you could say a silsula of knowledge and what that how that differs from a secular approach to understanding the human being and human development. Actually, my sort of journey in psychology, is synonymous with my journey to Islam. So it was through looking for this pathway to really deeply understanding the trajectory of the soul, the human being in this world, in this both psychological but also spiritual development, that I discovered Islam as a Pathway for that. So, really, I literally was going and looking at different traditions. I was studying different spiritual traditions, different religions, in sort of a quest for a chain of knowledge that could really understand at a deep level what a secular approach to psychology couldn't really offer in full. And so, this is actually what led me to first look at Islam as a way of understanding the development of the soul. I was introduced to ilmanafs, to the study of the soul within the Islamic tradition. And then through that, they're actually discovering what could this do for my own practice as a psychologist and psychotherapist that I actually wound up embracing Islam as a believer and really committing to this as my own path. And so those two paths, sort of career path and spiritual path, really merged
0: at that point. Wow, that's incredibly fascinating. And I'm, I wish that that we could dive in even deeper into there, but I want to pick at a specific point. We know that you're the principal of Cambridge Muslim College. And normally with Islamic seminaries, you imagine the principals to be like a, a Sheikh al-Hadith or, or yeah. you know, like a Grand Mufti or, or, or someone like in those particular fields. So with your background, how did you come into the world of education and teaching in an islamic seminary yeah it's
1: a really good question and i think you know even myself a lot of people would exactly that expect somebody who is not only sort of older maybe and more senior but really squarely situated within islamic studies and an academic of the of islamic studies obviously it's an islamic that's our focus in education What I have found, I've I've been in academia, I've been a practitioner, but I've also been in academia for a while. And what I find is that teaching people is very different than being knowledgeable about a specific field. Oftentimes what we do is we have people who are teaching. They have mastered a very specific research focus, let's say. And they're brilliant about that research focus, but they're not necessarily brilliant in understanding people and understanding pedagogy, and understanding tarbiyah. From an Islamic perspective, education really is not just ta'leem. It's not just learning and studying from books, but it's always been tarbiyah. It's about development of the human being. And that is very much about what we now know as psychology, is understanding human beings and how they develop. And so, whereas, you know, my focus as principal is really overseeing how what is our approach to pedagogy. And so it's not necessarily that I need to have my focus squarely in Islamic studies, because we have our lecturers to focus on that. They have their incredible, brilliant scholars that have their you know, research focus in areas of fiqh and kalam, and this is what they're teaching. But in an educational institute, in Islamic education, we really want to be focused on how are we teaching and what does it mean to actually have the education be islamic meaning what is islamic about the education versus just what is being taught is islamic studies see the difference is not just that we're educating people about islam but that there is an islamic approach to the way that we educate and this is really the way that i'm approaching this is looking at it from a holistic perspective Of In addition to the learning that they're doing in terms of books, how are we developing not only scholars that are well-rounded, but Muslims who have not only minds that are full of information and knowledge, but hearts that are illuminated. And in order for a heart to be illuminated, there's a certain amount of self-knowledge and self-awareness. And self-development that needs to take place in order for them to really come into their own fruition and then for them to really be good
0: leaders in the community. I completely concur with your what you've said so far. I really do echo the sentiments of adding that element of tarbiyah into our education system, which I think often in, in Islamic seminaries isn't always given as big of a focus as it should be. So To introduce our listeners to Cambridge Muslim College, do you mind just sharing a bit more about what the college does, the services it offers, and what is the purpose of the institute, I should say? Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I think at the heart of what we're trying to do is this in-between place where we're situated both in similar to a madrasa or, you know, traditional approach to Islamic education, which could say a seminary where it's people, where it's grounded in working with believers and learning the theology, not just from an academic exercise, but for within this context of honoring that uh, that paradigm of of belief, but also having that be in the space of, you know, the sort of Oxbridge rigor of academia and in the air of really thinking critically, and engaging with contemporary thought. And so often what we have is, even here in the the British Muslim community, there's all these madrasas which are fantastic and they're training people in the knowledge which is the traditional way of learning and going through a certain course of traditional education, Islamic education, that may look very similar in any other part of the world, right? And it's sort of placed, plopped down here in England without necessarily an engagement with how does that look for a contemporary ummah, right? So how is that traditional knowledge going to be put into practice and to be applicable for a generation of British Muslims who are dealing with the contemporary world that we live in and trying to navigate all of that learning and then going and teaching the community They're going to need to know how to teach it in context. What does it mean for this Islamic knowledge to be in conversation with uh, contemporary issues and even in conversation with Western philosophical thought? And so what we do at the college is really balance both. So we have a curriculum that's based on a traditional sort of madrasa Islamic education where they're learning fiqh and they're learning kalam and they're learning Quran and hadith studies but then they also have contextual modules on western philosophy of world religions of understanding science they're learning all of that in conversation with one another and in context so that they can have these difficult conversations inshallah when they go out and sort of bring into the community and make impact in the community in And this is the other thing, is they can do that in a number of ways. It's not necessarily this cookie cutter producing imams to go into a mosque necessarily, but what are more contemporary and sort of creative ways of bringing this to the community, perhaps in community engagement, maybe even pursuing an academic career. And so this is really at the heart of what we're trying to do is this thing where the Islamic
0: tradition is in conversation with The contemporary context? I strongly echo those sentiments, Dr. Rothman. I think that currently we have a lot of educational institutions here in the UK that are, you know, they're doing a fantastic job in terms of giving their students an Islamic education and allowing them to be well versed in. The tradition. But unfortunately, there's no context given in most scenarios where they are prepared to face the challenges of the society that they're dealing with. So, this is very unique about Cambridge Muslim College. But allow me to hit on or pick at one of the points that you've particularly mentioned. You're producing essentially the future leaders of the Muslims in the UK. What do you see? success looking like when it comes to the outcome that cmc envisions that's a great
1: question and i think it's not the easiest one to answer because i don't think there's one answer and i think that that maybe is the answer is that and i think that's the beauty in this is that i think success looks a number of ways almost in this number of permutations that there are students I don't know if you're familiar with Sheikh Abdul Hakim Murad, who is the dean of our college. He has a series that he's been doing over the past few years called Paradigms of Leadership. And the notion why it's called paradigms, plural, of leadership is what he's saying is that in the Islamic tradition, there's a very different approach to this concept of leadership. Leadership isn't something that you would seek out, nor is there one way of being a leader, but that we look to the example of the Prophet. As the template for leadership, and that that can look in a number of different ways, just as there are a number of different contexts and a number of different, you know, there's a diverse fabric of the Muslim community throughout the world that can be expressed in a number of different ways. And so you have the model and the template for how a leader should be in terms of humility, in terms of serving the people, in terms of being self-aware and understanding knowledge, not just from a sense of one's own knowledge, but tapped into this silsula of knowledge, and that that can come to fruition in whatever way is needed in a particular context and so we have a num what is represented in our students is really the reflection of the british muslim community and there's going to be a number of different ways that they can put this into action and so success really is that we have grounded them in the tradition so that they understand how to make sense of what is that you know, oftentimes people think that learning Islam is very black and white. You come and you learn, there is one answer, there's one thick answer to everything, and you learn what that is, and then you apply it. And what people come to find out is that it's much more contextual, that there is a reality of learning how to think. And then once you learn how to think, then you can apply that knowledge in context in multiple different permutations of the human experience as it plays out in different contexts. And so success is equipping the students with the grounding in the tradition and the tools to make this sort of ijtihad where necessary and appropriate to deliver the solutions to the modern context based in a traditional Islamic approach. And so this oftentimes people Think of traditional Islamic education as, well, it is monolithic and it comes out in one way. But the reality is the traditional approach is understanding the roots, understanding the foundations being grounded, and then from those tools being able to flex and apply it in context. And so that is really a successful student. And what that's going to look like is a multiplicity of
0: outcomes. That makes a lot of sense. Undoubtedly, this evolution in what I would say is Islamic seminary evolution, really, and the methods of teaching and conveying the tradition. Of course, the divergence of this from what has traditionally been understood as the method of teaching or the way one should be taught Islam must have been met with some sort of resistance, I take it. So can you tell us a little bit about the hurdles and challenges that CMC has faced in its journey?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, anytime you're doing something outside of the norm or pioneering a new approach, there's this sort of in-between space that we occupy between traditional Islamic approach and then this world of what is familiar within a more secular academia, where it is about understanding different ideas and entertaining critical thinking. That space, because it's an unfamiliar space, is hasn't been easy, but it is becoming more and more clear how needed this is in the response that we've had from the community. And I think... You know, within that, one of the challenges or hurdles is, is dealing with people's perception. So there's a perception that this is somehow a new innovation of uh, an approach to Islamic education. But really, the way that we see it, it's more traditional than the traditionalists, in a sense. Because if you look back to the way that the Islamic educational institutions were in the Muslim world, they were always about innovating new knowledge interacting with other traditions, understanding everything that was out there. This notion that all knowledge is the lost property of the believer is really a reality. If you look at the the way that the scholars in the classical era dealt with other philosophies, they would entertain it, they would understand it, they would study it, they would learn it, And then they would hold it up against the Furqan, up against the Quran and the Hadith and understand what aspects of it are, you know, aligned with this Islamic paradigm. And this is the way that Islamic education has always been, is in this dialogue with knowledge in general. And so it's, I think, one of the hurdles is getting people to understand that what we're doing is actually more rooted in our tradition than people have come to believe because in the sort of more recent history, the approach has been this sort of isolated approach to education that's only focused on studying books and not really engaging with thought more expansively and holding that up against looking from an Islamic worldview at knowledge in general and understanding that what we term Islamic, sort of with air quotes, knowledge is much wider than just the study of classical texts, but it's understanding Islamic knowledge in
0: context. I think out of everything, while you were saying all of that, I was thinking and imagining of Andalus you know, Islamic Spain, yes. And I think it's a prime example of exactly what you've been talking about in the sense that the Muslim community was very well mixed in with the Jewish community and the Christian community. And there was a lot of thoughts that were exchanged and some of our most amazing and eccentric Islamic thinkers that we have came from that very land, like, you know, Ibn Absolutely. Hazm and Ibn Rushd and Ibn Sina, regardless of their many diverse range of opinions on a variety of matters no one can say that they weren't thinkers who were really pondering deeply over so many different matters so I think what Cambridge Muslim College is doing I very much echo your thoughts that it is much more in line with tradition than we actually think Um, and perhaps we've not been doing it doing critical thinking and other such skills, the justice they deserve from our Islamic tradition within the UK and even more widely across seminaries across the world. So it's amazing. One thing that I did want to ask you in particular was, what impact have you seen CMC having in its short-lived period of time? I think what CMC is trying to create is a very long-term vision, of course, but in the short time that you've been working there, what kind of impact have you seen CMC having? The college is in its eleventh year,
1: and so in that time, we've had you know over hundreds of graduates from our contextual Islamic studies diploma, where we take al graduates and we train them in these contextual. Modules and give, you know, sort of reorient that Islamic education and context. And then they have gone out into their communities and made incredible impact in, you know, whether it's as imams being able to teach in really innovative ways and capture the minds of the youth, which, you know, are really oftentimes the youth who are born in England and they are sort of, they need it to make sense. They need Islam to make sense to the world that they know. And oftentimes, That takes some creativity in the approach. And so we have all kinds of stories of our graduates going and making an impact in creative ways to engage their community. So that's locally, you know, just all of the people that graduate bringing it back to their communities. But then also in the past few years, one of the benefits of the pandemic is that we did this all of this online programming? And so now we've had a really global impact where we have an audience of people from literally all around the world accessing our videos and finding that what we're offering is something that they don't often find elsewhere. And so it's really, we get all kinds of stories from people saying, coming back and saying, you know, that they're sort of isolated as Muslims and other parts of the world where they don't really have community or they don't have community that's engaging with the tradition in this way that feels inspiring to them. And so they have this sort of oasis online where they can find this access to knowledge, even if they're not going to come here and commit to being in Cambridge for three years to do our BA program, they can at least do some of our online programming. We have short courses online, we have free lectures available on their YouTube channel. And so this has really created this like international global network and so our impact has now really expanded beyond the borders of the uk and then this academic year we introduced a new program a diploma in islamic psychology so my bringing my research and expertise and this has been an online diploma it's the first online program that we've had fully online but it's live teaching online and we have people from 18 different countries on that diploma there are people who are therapists, social workers, chaplains, pastoral care, medical doctors, and they're learning to understand the Islamic approach to health and well-being. And then they're going to go and they're being trained to put this into practice in their communities. And so that's going to have an incredibly sort of immediate impact because they're all people who are positioned to apply this in various practical applications. So it's not just reading books, learning information, and then having sort of people who have memorized text going out in the world to then recite what they have memorized, but it's really a focus on what is that, how can that learning then impact the community? So the community, it's trickling down and it's turning into practical application to improve people's lives, not just sort of be knowledge for the sake
0: of knowledge that's really really great stuff it, i know that we were just talking about prior to starting the recording about your book and i do encourage all of our listeners to do uh download i think the pdf is available freely isn't it
1: uh, yeah i think it is out there
0: uh, yes yeah, i def- definitely encourage all the listeners to download the pdf of dr abdullah's book which is titled developing a model of islamic psychology and psychotherapy i've actually got a physical copy of and I think it's fantastic. I haven't got around to reading it all yet, but I definitely have read extracts of it. So I do encourage that. But back to our conversation at hand, I think what CMC is doing is fantastic. And I definitely do want to see this approach to Islamic education widen. I do believe that There needs to be more critical thinking involved and more application for our current times than is currently being done in our Islamic seminaries globally. Although I see efforts being made, people are making advances in that direction. But what CMC is offering is a solid, solid product really and service to the community i'd say lastly i'd really like to ask you what are the plans for the future of cmc what, what how do you see things going perhaps new services or courses that you are planning to offer what's in the pipeline so what we're trying to do is basically
1: increase that impact and reach more people and grow what we're trying to do is grow in a way that is sustainable and is really preserving the integrity of the intention of the college. And so, you know, the way that we our approach to education is very, I would say, labor intensive. We really put a lot into the students in terms of this approach to not only tarim but tarbiyah. And so that requires, you know, it's like a wraparound services type of approach to education, which is really investing in people's development. And so what we're trying to do is preserve that approach while growing and keeping it core to the heart of what the intention is of really having it grounded in this spiritual approach and this traditional approach but also becoming a legitimate academic institution we have validated program our BA is validated by the open university and so our plan is to grow so even in the past year we've doubled in student size and now starting in September the next academic year we're taking on a Another cohort for of the BA. So it'll be the first time that we have concurrent cohorts of the BA. So we're gonna be doubling in size in physically. We're gonna continue with the online Islamic psychology diploma. And then the following year, we're gonna bring back our diploma in contextual Islamic studies, also in person for graduates of Lulums. And so this sort of each year we're almost doubling in size. And our intention is to we have a, a larger Piece of land that at the back of it is a building that was generously taken off the market for us when it went up. And so we we're just in the process of raising funds to be able to secure that building. Once we're able to do that, the plan is to both increase in taking students in person and then also increasing our online learning options. So we're, we're currently developing more online courses where people. Can we say they can learn in their own place at their own pace, and this is also in the pipeline is adding a master's, getting the diploma in Islamic psychology validated as well as a master's, and then also having a master's in Islamic studies. and so the idea is to sort of slowly and sustainably become a really legitimate Islamic educational institution that has roots here in Cambridge and that really becomes just like the building that we're in, which is is a historical building and all of the buildings around in Cambridge for for this Muslim institution of, of higher education to become a staple in the heart of the Oxbridge environment and really sort of bringing back this legacy of the amazing Islamic educational institutions that we have in our tradition, you know, in Baghdad and in Damascus, and really sort of be this beacon for the global Muslim ummah, and as a beacon in the West to, for the world of sort of secular academia to learn what Islam has to offer to this contemporary
0: context. Fantastic. And lastly, before we conclude, I thought I'd ask you, how can our listeners find out more about Cambridge Muslim College and how can they support Cambridge Muslim College in its endeavours? What would your call to action to them be? I mean, obviously,
1: we can't do any of what we do without funding and we rely on people's donations from the community. And so we I would encourage people to support the college. We fund the education of, of budding scholars. And so people can go to CambridgeMuslimCollege.ac.uk/slash/donate, and you can find all about multiple different ways we take zakat and sadaka, and we have a lot of different ways to give to the college, both financially, but also in support in other ways. And then I would also just encourage people to benefit from what the college has to offer. Sign up for our newsletter. We're always our mailing list. We're always uh, having events that are oftentimes free to the public or a nominal charge. Also we're doing for people here local in the in England, we're doing an England cities tour. At the end of this month, at the end of March, we'll be going to London, Birmingham, Blackburn, Bradford and Manchester and sort of doing a tour to really go out and see people in person. We've been disconnected, you know, online for so long. So it's really wanting to come back and reach out to the community. And just increase people's awareness of the college, and then I would say this month of Ramadan upcoming is the perfect time to tap into the college and what we have to offer because we always have a really robust Ramadan program, and so we'll be having daily free lectures on our YouTube channel. Um, and so I would say just for people to subscribe to the YouTube channel, and they'll, there's constantly really good and really dynamic content coming out. It's not just people speaking uh, and talking about sort of we really try to engage people in a deeper engagement with some of some ideas and
0: teaching people how to think rather than just telling them what to think great stuff thanks again dr rothman for blessing us with your time i know you're a very busy man so jazakallah khair for making the time for this podcast it My was pleasure. an absolute pleasure JazakAllah khair. It's been a pleasure being with you. Thanks for having me. No problem. It was the pleasure is all ours. And to all of our listeners, make sure you are subscribed to all of our socials. Go and give Cambridge Muslim College a follow as well. Um, keep an eye out on their newsletter. And inshallah, we at Islamic Finance Guru have many exciting updates to share with you. So keep an eye out. And until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, alaikum.